You're listening to the Ideal Life Club podcast, episode 72. What does Burberry, Trinidad and Tobago, leading with intention and yoga have in common? Let's find out. Welcome to the Ideal Life Club podcast, where it's all about fast-tracking your ideal business and life with more clarity, courage, and consistency. Join your host, business coach, and author of the Happiness Habits Transformation, Michelle Reeves, for inspiration, interviews, and practical tips to finally claim success on your terms. Have you ever met someone and just known from the get-go that you were going to be firm friends? Today's guest, Zaz Grumbar from Yoga with Zaz, is one of my oldest friends. And goodness, we could have just chatted in this interview for hours. I can't wait to share today with you because we cover a ton of things. Yes, we talk about Zaz's background, which is fascinating in itself, but we talk about limiting beliefs, we talk about entrepreneurship, the importance of self-care, her fantastic new course that's coming up, and everything in between, including all the challenges that she's had to face along the way. This was a complete joy to record. I can't wait for you to hear it. Enjoy. So friends, gosh, I'm so excited for today's episode. And I know you hear me say that every episode, but today really is very, very special because I am joined by a very special person who is not only a yoga teacher and entrepreneur, but also a very good friend of mine. Huge welcome to Zaz Grambar from Yoga with Zaz. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm so excited to finally be here with you. I am crazy excited. It has been so long that we've been planning this and I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. I know there is so much that you're going to be able to share for our listeners. Um, But let's kick off. I know your story really well, but I really want you to share that story with our listeners because it is a very inspiring one. So tell us a little bit about you. Take us back to the beginning because you haven't always lived in the UK. You haven't always been a yoga teacher. So tell us a little bit about your story. Absolutely. It's kind of a real kind of mixed beginnings. Um, So I am... Well, gosh, I'm French, Trinidadian, and spent a lot of my time in England. But basically, I was born in Geneva, Switzerland, and then I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago in the West Indies. And my parents were, I guess, fairly bohemian, spontaneous. Um, I, you know, when, when I was about six years old, they suddenly, on the spur of the moment, decided to move the whole family to a neighboring island and to... Um, resurrect bring back to life a, an, an old luxury hotel that had once been home to the Beatles and um, Marilyn Monroe and uh, all these amazing people who would come there and film and we lived there for five six years which was a real adventure um, before we left due to the political situation in Trinidad changing and we came to London in my early teens and um, so I came to London with my mom and dad and my sisters and we moved around a fair bit until finally coming to settle back in London. So I've been here now for oh, 33 years, which gives a good inkling to my age. 
And um, I started off working in the fashion industry. And I worked as a buyer and then I changed over to marketing. And I worked with luxury brands um, in fashion and then also in beauty, perfumes. Um, I sort of did marketing manager, lots of beautiful luxury brands and lots of travel, lots of, you know, glamorous parties, all that good stuff. Um, had um, along the way, I also got married, had two children. And um, somewhere along the line, I really realized, um, it was when I was working for Burberry, that I realized that, wow, I am spending an hour 35 a week with my children. And, wow. you know, and I'm like, my nanny takes home more than the mortgage. <laughs> um, and I just thought, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. Um, and for that reason, I, when my contract came up for renewal at Burbs, I declined and sort of sat there looking at myself going, now what do I do? I've never, ever not worked since I was 16 years old. I've always done something, you know, part-time jobs and so on. And um, it was quite bizarre, but I decided at that point to do my yoga teacher training. I'd already been practicing yoga for um, 16, 17 years. Had never thought that I would be worthy, let's say, to stand on a teacher's mat but something I guess just said it's okay now is the time you can it's okay you can step into that part of yourself that passion and um and so I signed up for a teacher training program um and the the really bizarre thing the really bizarre thing two things really weirdly happened around my yoga teacher my yoga um teacher journey one is that when I got off the phone to the teacher training college, when they called to say, yes, you've been accepted. And I'm like, great, that's amazing. I put the phone down and I thought, oh, how am I going to pay for this? <laughs> <laughs> because I've never really, you know, I've never sort of saved up, um, you know, sort of had huge savings. And so I thought, ah, this is a huge luxury. This is like thousands of pounds is teacher training. Um, I don't know if people know that, but yoga teacher trainings are like, between two and four thousand pounds and for a basic teacher training and I literally stood there going how am I going to do this and I think that there is this thing that I really believe in that when you make a commitment to yourself and you step forward with intention not fear but with intention and real belief that I am going to do this thing that the universe moves to support you and your dreams you know, and about 30 seconds after I had hung up the phone while I was standing there going, yikes, how are we going to pay for it? The postman came, dropped a bunch of mail through the door. I walked over to pick it up, found one of those horrible brown window envelopes from HMRC and thought, oh, God, last thing I need. And I'm not lying. I opened it up and found a tax rebate check. <laughs> for exactly four thousand pounds <laughs> no honestly and I was like this can't be real I just said this is what God wants me to do the universe wants me to do you know somebody out there wants me to do this and this is right 
and I jumped up and down and screamed and and so went my yoga journey I started my teacher training but um, that is so incredible I never knew that part of the story that's really really exciting <laughs> well the other the other thing that I was going to mention kind of links to how we met Michelle because we obviously met when we were on the blogging scene as as we, start, we, we had both started blogs chronicling our early days as, as mums, as mothers, mm. and how that felt. Mm. And I think we both probably did it in a, in, for, you know, for different reasons, but the one similarity was that needing to find a place to be heard and seen as an individual as well as as a mother. Mm-hmm. And um, I was still doing my blog at the time, and I had just started teaching after my teacher training and I was teaching like I don't know maybe one private client a week and one studio class a week you know it was it was pretty it was pretty basic and I was on my blog I was kind of earning okay little bit of money not a huge amount and I, I thought this is crazy um I'm not getting any joy out of doing the blogging anymore it feels like I'm forcing it like I'm really forcing myself and I said, you know what, if you're going to be a yoga teacher, you're just going to have to commit your energy to this because the blogging is starting to take away your energy. So you're going to have to commit yourself fully as mm. two days later, literally two days later, I had about four emails in my inbox offers of could you teach this class? Could you do this thing? Would you like to come here? Would you like to do this festival? And I'm like, what? Just like that. And it was just, again, the universe going, oh, okay, you've decided to dedicate yourself fully to something. I will support you. Um, and six years later, this is my full-time job as a yoga teacher. Such an amazing story. I, I can. What I love most about your story is the way that you, you know, you committed wholly, you know, your whole self to, you know, your, 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 not only your yoga practice yourself, because mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I love most about you is the way that you continually push yourself in your own practice. I love that. <laughs> but you, the way that you stepped into your um, your teacher training sort of journey, you really threw yourself into it 100%. And, you know, and it's not easy to make that decision. And it led me to a question, actually. Mm. How, how did you, what did you find most challenging about, um, you know, making the switch from working for somebody else to working for yourself and obviously you know I know the money's an issue etc but you know were there any kind of limiting beliefs that came up for you around you know stepping into the role as a business owner absolutely absolutely there's there's all of a sudden all these questions that start coming up like how am I going to be able to contribute fully to paying the mortgage, to paying the bills, to to pulling my weight, to not feeling like I am dragging somebody down or being dependent on someone. Um, Am I sure that what I'm doing is of value? Am I sure that I should be doing this? Um, You know, a lot of, a lot of self-limiting beliefs, you know, you know, things like saying, gee, there are so many people out there that do this already. Why would, why should anybody come and do my classes? Um, and, and every single class, 
even now, I think, can be like, it's a little bit like throwing a party. Like, you know, when you were a kid at school and you would invite everybody to, your, to come to a party that you were throwing at your house. And then you'd have all the chips and everything out and all the drinks. And then like, is anybody going to come or am I going to just be all on my own? And sometimes it feels a little like that, you know, um, mm. in my, in my teaching, you know, sometimes you like, you turn on the screen or you go to the, to the space that you you've, you've hired out the space or whatever, or a studio. And you think, gosh, is anybody going to come? And then it's just, it's pure delight and joy when you welcome people and people come again and again um, and I think when you start to, when you start to look at yourself as though, and talk to yourself as though you were somebody that you cared for, which sounds a bit weird, but talking to yourself as though you would talk to your really good friend, I think has really helped because, you know, sometimes, sometimes your really good friend is going to be like, come on, you can do a bit more. You can try a bit harder. And sometimes your really good friend is going to go, babe, it's okay. You've got this. You're doing really, really well. Sometimes we just need somebody, almost an external point of view to validate how we're feeling and what we're doing. Mm. Um, but I remember, you know, initially before I was actually teaching and when I was in my training, so I had just gotten off from, you know, jumped off the wagon, jumped off from my high heels into being a, a yoga teacher, a trainee um, training teacher and you know you'd go to go to dinner parties and stuff and some you know previously you, you know what do you do well I'm a marketing manager for Burberry and people are like oh wow glamorous blah 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 and you have these lovely conversations and now it's like what are you doing well I'm training to be a yoga teacher or you know I'm a mom and people kind of go okay and they look past you to see if there's somebody more interesting in the room <laughs> um, and you just have to really hold your nerve um, and it's really easy to hold your nerve and believe in yourself when everything is going really well. It's a mm. lot harder to believe in yourself and your project and your new business when things are going less well. Oh, yeah. isn't that the truth? And, <laughs> and isn't it, you know, I've been talking a lot on my Instagram feed this week about failure and how, you know, it can be so painful to to fail, but it's, you know, it's one of those things that as as business owners, as entrepreneurs, you know, it just comes with the territory. You know, we're going to fail multiple times if we're stepping outside of our comfort zone and doing the things that we need to do to build and grow our businesses. However, that doesn't mean make it any less painful. Completely. And, and any kind of growth involves risk and involves taking a chance. And I think that if you if you were to start a business and immediately it was phenomenally successful, everything's perfect, I would be a little worried. I'd be like, when is something gonna come and bite me in the ass? You know? Mm. When, when is the growth gonna come? When is the learning going to come? Because there always is learning. And if mm. it's all smooth sailing or it seems like it's smooth sailing, you know, that to me feels like, is that like the roller coaster ride that very calmly and gently takes you up that steep incline before you drop off the edge of the cliff? <laughs> <laughs> and that's not like I'm, I'm looking for the negative, but I, I think it's funny because it's funny that you've been talking about um, failure on your Instagram. I've been talking about balance and imperfection on my Instagram 
um, mm. because there's this pressure to be perfect. Whereas when you're imperfect, that's when the opportunities are there. That's when you get to grow and learn and get better and bigger and stronger. So rather than seeking for everything to be perfect, maybe maybe we're actually should be seeking for, okay, there's I'm looking for what what can I learn from in this? What what's what can I work on and tweak to keep learning? So I'm looking, I'm not looking for faults. I'm looking and I'm not looking for, I guess, imperfections. I'm looking for opportunities to grow. Mm, mm, I love that. And I and it's interesting because I know personally, I, you know, I mean, I fail a lot. <laughs> Most <laughs> business owners do, you know, mm-hmm. we try stuff and it doesn't yeah. work. And then we try something else, it doesn't work. But I, I know personally, I have to step back from that failure just for a little while before I can approach it as a learning opportunity. I have to wait for my right. ego to kind of catch up. <laughs> and, and it's, strikes me that there's probably some similar similarities there with with the yoga mat most definitely most definitely and and I think that when you come onto a yoga mat and I've I've referred to this and I have I even I even wrote a blog post on my yoga um website called the messy room and it's about saying you know that when you come to yoga you come to it like you would come into a messy room and it's not going to be tidied up in one fell swoop and you have to tread lightly and carefully because otherwise you can hurt yourself, right? Um, and the analogy with the messy room for me is that we come into it wanting to tidy up something like, I don't know, like being calm or wanting more flexibility or something. That's, that's the mess. Let's call that the mess. Um, and then as you start to do that, that you come to do all those things because your ego is telling you that those are the things that you're seeking. And then when you put your ego aside after a while and learn to operate from a place of self-love and acceptance, you start doing the real work and listening and discovering what's actually there. And then, you know, with the messy room analogy, you can start to tidy up and discover things in that room. You go, oh, hey, I didn't know I had that. I didn't know I was so resilient and committed that I would come back to my mat and try to do this pose again and again and again. I didn't know I had that in me. So if you're resilient and committed on your yoga mat, you are resilient and committed outside in your life. If you're playful and you laugh at yourself, if you make a mistake and you come back to it anyway, and maybe that's also how you will be in your life. And it gives us the opportunity to find out, you know, I, I, you know, we see people all the time, especially as a yoga teacher doing stuff and you go, hey, bend your knees a little bit or put your hand on a block. And there are some people like, I will not put my hand on a block. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, because they're like, no, my, you know, I refuse. <laughs> so the ego won't let them do that part. And it's like, okay. And then you go, right, I, you start, you get a sense of the type of person they are. It's like maybe somebody's a little bit of a control freak in their real lives. And then over time, like, okay, I will put my hand on the block. Oh, now I can do the pose. And now I can learn to eventually wean myself off the block. And then actually I discover that maybe in life I can accept support and help and gently find my way to deal with things without that. And it's, mm. you know, it's, you know, your practice the way you are on your mat is how you are in your life. 
basically. Um, that is, that's a really common analogy in the yoga world. I, I love that. And, and I, t- I totally, that I totally identify with that person. <laughs> I am that control freak. Oh my goodness. That when I first started, med- that, that really reminds me of when I first started meditating. And I know I wrote about this in, in my book, but when I first came to meditating, I, I had to literally force myself, you know, to, I was, I was sitting there saying, right, clear your mind of thoughts now, like clear it now. And so of course, the first thing that happens is, you know, your mind tumbles with 50 million thoughts. And then you start thinking about thinking about the thoughts and the whole thing falls apart. And yeah, it it was a, gosh, it was a long time before and I still work in it every day, but it was a long time before I realized that, you know, the, the awareness of the thoughts is the practice. Yeah. And I guess it's the same with yoga, isn't it? It's, you know, it's being aware of how your body is on any particular day and it will be different every, every day. That is the practice. That is the practice. And also it's about the other thing that's part of the practice is, is really really interesting how who how people come to it and at the beginning of a practice I'll say to people you know check in with yourself and you know often in a yoga class you'll say hey does anybody have any injuries and people put their hands up and maybe somebody will whisper something to me or online they'll type a little message and it'll be you know I've got a dodgy knee or my wrist hurts or, or hip or back or whatever it is but nobody says I've got a broken heart that's oh my gosh you know, because your practice has to reflect also and serve you. When I say, how are you feeling? I don't just mean how your body is feeling. How are you feeling, <laughs> you know? And really, I, I, I say this in almost every class, turn to yourself, greet yourself, call yourself by name. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? And then don't be that person at the dinner party who asks that question and then turns away or carries on the conversation before you've had a chance to reply. If you ask yourself, how are you? Reply, respond to yourself. And if you just go, yep, I'm fine. Just really gently go, really? Are you really fine? And if it's like, yeah, I'm really fine, then great. It's like, well, actually, you know, I'm kind of thinking about this or my heart is hurt or whatever that thing is. And then you practice in a way that serves that energy because there's no point like going to do a lot of, I don't know, big heart openers, backbends, when you feel that you need to curl inwards. You know, you have to recognize what you need and give that to yourself. Um, And, you know, yes, my classes encourage people to, you know, challenge themselves and their minds, perceptions of what they're capable of. And so there's, it's it's a strong practice. You know, I have beginners and intermediate and teachers but it's really about practicing in a way that really, really serves you. So being in a crazy handstand is advanced practice. Being in child's pose when you know you need it, that is super advanced because that's when you're going, I'm going to put away the ego and recognize that this is actually what I need right now. And that's the beauty of the practice, I think. Oh, I love that. And, and incidentally, um, guys listening to this, if you want to 
do a bit more exploration about how our ego can come up, particularly in in business. And this is something I've been working on this year because what Zaz has been saying about, you know, how you bring your ego to the mat and, you know, the way that you come to the mat is the, the way you are in your life. I think similarly, you know, the way we do something is the way we do anything and so if you know we bring you know our ego into our work for example it can really limit us in terms of stepping into um things that we might you know be risky for us things that that might be scary for us you know our ego will limit us so a really good book on this is um ego is the enemy by ryan holiday i thoroughly recommend it i'll put the link in the show notes but it's it's a really great one for exploring how our egos can impact um what we do in our life and particularly you know how it can impact in our businesses um Zaz, i'm you know it's really really um interesting you've talked about how you know exploring how you're feeling when when you come to the mat and something that I always recommend to clients is to do that you know for our our time in our business as well and and I use the practice of journaling for that for myself to explore kind of what's been going on in the day what's worked well what hasn't gone well you know where have I you know stepped into my values where have I helped people and and where have things not not gone quite so well and maybe you know why that might be is that something that you found helpful at all is journaling something that you've done you know something um a while ago, I was on a mentoring course and we were asked to do morning pages, you know, from the artist's way. Do you know that book? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So I started doing the artist's way, started doing the morning pages. And for me personally, I discovered that it didn't work, interestingly, or rather what it brought out for me was a lot of darkness. Mm. Um, and for some people, it worked really well. But I wasn't the only person in that group. Um, for me, it brought out a lot of dark stuff, actually. Um, interestingly, what I found is when I do a meditation in the morning, for instance, that after I've done a meditation, I'll write something down. And that feels, that brings me to a much better place. Um, and that can just simply be something that I've picked up, something that maybe that I'm thinking about stillness and what does stillness mean to my life and balance and what does balance mean? Because it's not about just standing on one foot. Um, although again, <laughs> coming back to my yoga analogies, standing on one foot, you know, I'll, I'll write about things like that because you know, if you if you were to do something really simple right now with whoever's listening to this, just try it just in a safe place. But if you stand on one foot, if you bend down, bend your knees, bend down, hold on to one ankle and then lift one foot up off the ground and stay there for a minute. And you're going to feel that I'm doing this while I'm talking to you. You're gonna feel, I can tell. <laughs> but you're going to feel the muscles and tendons and ligaments in your foot and in your ankle moving and fighting and working really hard for balance. And so balance in our lives is not a static thing. It's not work-life balance. It's a destination. Great. You stamped my visa. I'm here. I've arrived at this destination. It is something that is constantly ebb and flow and working towards. So that's the kind of thing I'll write down. And um, interestingly, I just finished, um, 
teaching a three-week workshop called Prepare to Unfurl, where part of that was, the focus of it was really to kind of look at how we verbalize our intentions. We think of our goals and desires and how we verbalize our intentions and plant a seed which will unfurl over time to come to our fullest, highest potential. And as part of that workshop, every week, we did that for three weeks, we would have journaling prompts and spend 10 minutes journaling. Um, and I think for me, having a discussion first or reading something first, and then journaling and writing down my intentions, my what are my desires, what are my hopes, my dreams, and then write. So those are my hopes and my dreams, here are my intentions. Um, that kind of works for me as a process. I love that. And I think, you know, the thing with journaling is there's so many, there's no wrong way to do it. There's no, you know, I think it's, it's more about processing what's going on in the background. You know, for me, there's so much that we just leave um, to fester. <laughs> and, you know, the things that fester will come back to bite us in the butt, in my experience. Oh, so um, do. <laughs> you know, we need to kind of process. So for me, it's about processing the day. Um, and it's about celebrating the wins. You know, I think as much as we, um, you know, need to talk about failure and become comfortable with failure as entrepreneurs, we also need to celebrate the heck out of our wins. And, you know, I'm big on that, you know, I, know <laughs> I love you. celebrating, um, you know, even the smallest, tiniest step forwards. And my goodness, you know, as we record this, we're still um, in the throes of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and the UK Absolutely. specifically is still in lockdown and, you know, some of the wins are really very small right now, but each one of those wins is a step forward in the right direction. And again, you know, the parallels with with yoga are amazing, you know, that that, you know, maybe that forward bend where you couldn't touch the floor and then one day you find you can you know that it for some people that may, might seem like such a small thing but the repercussions within your body are going to be huge absolutely and also you know we shouldn't judge the, our, our our wins as big or small they're just wins they are yes. wins and, and in the context of a pandemic my gosh you know what getting up and even putting on some lipstick is a major win <laughs> that is a win it's a huge win stuff that was so basic in the quote-unquote normal world pre-covid era it, you know means that actually right now everything we're doing because mental health is a huge deal right now and recognizing that by showing up and by by being present and by trying again and again and again my gosh you you know it's like we're, we're freaking superheroes right now. I really think that we are superheroes and we need to acknowledge all that we've done. And, you know, as you were just saying, thinking about what you've done in the day, what I do like to do is to write a list of what I've accomplished because I think it's really easy to be like, oh, I didn't do this thing and my list of things to do is so long because I got distracted. Well, okay, you can write down and say, hey, I accomplished the ironing or I did the homeschooling or I did all my admin or I made a start on this plan that I wanted to do. All that stuff is stuff that you did. You filled up your day and you did. And if you, the stuff that distracted you is I sat on the sofa with a magazine and a cup of tea 
that is also a win because that is self-care and self-care is vital right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, I'm starting to see more and more, um, particularly women, and this is just, I guess this is a parallel conversation, but I'm seeing a lot from female business owners really struggling right now with the juggle of running a business and doing homeschool. And I, and I know there's a lot of dads out there doing it too. So, you know, shout out to all the dads as well. But I'm noticing a lot of um, pent up um, overwhelm that mm-hmm. is starting to spill out mm. with trying to do all the things. And, you know, it's hard enough in the best of times to yeah. juggle parenting and running a business or in some cases, you know, two businesses or whatever. Um, but right now, I almost feel like the expectation is for, um, you know, everyone to carry on as normal. And, and, and to a certain extent, you know, we, we do tend to pile that, we can pile that pressure on ourselves a bit as well. Um, but in terms of limiting that expectation a little and being kind to ourselves, you know, I think there's there's probably, a, again, another parallel there with that self-care that you're talking about. You know, how do you, how are you managing to sort of juggle everything as an entrepreneur, as a mom of two? <laughs> um, how do you make space in the day for yourself? It's really hard, isn't it? It's, it's super hard. We deprioritize ourselves massively. Um, yeah, we really deprioritize ourselves. And for me, what I do, there are basically, I was, for a long time, for, for a long time, actually, I just gave, kind of surrendered to that feeling of rest. I need rest so very badly. And I let myself have the lions in the morning. However, I found that it meant that I wasn't getting enough time for me, conscious time for me in during the day, let's say, because of course the day is caught up with doing all that other stuff. So as a, as a mom of two and also, uh, you know, trying to run my business, which, which isn't just, you know, teaching classes, there's a huge amount that goes on in the background with running a yoga business um, on, on multiple levels is also... I basically, I wake up um, like an hour early. So I wake up probably around seven o'clock. So it's not massively early. So I wake up an hour early so that I can do a 20 minute meditation and a 40 minute yoga practice. So it's not an hour's yoga practice, but it's fine. At least I know that I've moved my body. I've gotten on my mat. I've had some space for myself, some breathing room. Um, I've also made, I also make sure that I'm, I'm really hot, you know, sort of, I'm really hot on doing the five a day, making sure we, we get our five a day and everybody eats super healthily. We all eat together at lunchtime. Um, and I make sure I go out for a walk by myself because actually you need a bit of time to yourself. And it's okay to have a bit of time for yourself. And maybe, you know, for some people, maybe who have children who are much younger or for whatever reason, they're unable to leave them. You know, it's not a sin to pop them down with a book or something or, or, or a TV show and then have yourself a cup of tea and sit and close your eyes and be in the bedroom, even if you have to be in the bathroom. 
I used to, <laughs> I used to close the door, take a box of L'Oreal hair dye and go, gee, I'm sorry guys, but you can't come in for half an hour because the smell is not good for little children. So I would have half an hour to myself in the bathroom <laughs> to dye my hair. <laughs> oh gosh, I remember those days of, of, <laughs> of needing to disappear just for 10 minutes to take some deep breaths. I remember those days really well but it but but your point is is so sound that we do have to find that space in the day for for ourselves and and particularly I think is when you run your own business it's so easy for that business to become 24 7 and you know for us not to take time out not to take space and even if we love what we do even if we're you know 100% passionate about our businesses and 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 I know you are crazy passionate about what you do we still need to have time away to to brainstorm and to have ideas and and those things you know our brains don't work creatively when we completely overwhelm them all the time we have to have that little bit of space and that you know that little bit of time well, if you if you if we even just think of our brains almost like a mobile phone or or the car, it runs out of juice. It runs out of a battery. It runs out of petrol. What do you do? You go and you fill it up. You know, you charge mm. it every night. It's insane that we look after our cars and devices better than we look after ourselves. I often say to people, the absolute best way for you to commit to keep some kind of self-care routine is to make an appointment. We respect appointments with other people. We, you go, oh, I've got a doctor's appointment. I have to be there at this time. And you make sure you're there at that time. You make sure you say, sorry, kids, or you know, family, please, can somebody help look after the kids? I got to go to the hospital or I got to go to the doctor or right, I've got to go to the grocery because we need food. Why is having time for ourselves any less important if you said, if for, for some, whatever reason, you had to have a, a hospital appointment or something every single day, you would make that happen. But when you go, oh, it's just for looking after myself, suddenly it's less important. It's, it's crazy. So I think making an appointment with yourself and going, right, I am going to make sure that there's a, like a diary, I don't know, a diary alert in my phone or something that rings and says, bing, bing time for you know I used to just put Z out in my work diary once a day every single day it just had Z out and I would go out and either walk around on my own go to a park go to a gym and go for a swim eventually our team secretary was like what's this Z out thing that you do every day and I'm like oh it's just me time to you know but of course saying just me time devalued it immediately and she was like, oh, in that case, we're going to move Zed out by half an hour to put another meeting in. And then oh, we're going to push it back another half hour, another half hour, another half hour until it didn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and by making an appointment for yourself that you will keep, if you don't have, if we don't have enough respect and love for ourselves to treat ourselves the way we would an inanimate object like a car or a mobile phone or ourselves going to a hospital appointment, why should anybody else respect us and give us that time? Because Ooh, so powerful. Yeah, they'll be like, hey, you don't think it's important, so then it's not important. <laughs> you know? We yeah. manage people's expectations of how we want to be treated. 
we stay late at work all the time. Well, then the boss thinks, yeah, she's cool with staying late at work all the time. You leave bang on time, say, look, I have a commitment to do X, Y, Z. The boss goes, cool, that's your commitment. I get that. You're committed to something. We have to show ourselves that we're committed to ourselves. And that's a really good point you make, because I think, you know, when we when we move from a corporate role to running our own businesses, mm-hmm. it's quite easy to stop honoring that commitment because, you know, the guilt is there in terms of, well, if I'm if I'm not running my business, then I, you know, I I should be doing stuff with the family or if I'm not running my business then I'm not putting 100% in and I need to make money and, you know, everyone gets really worried about you know not being 100% on you know I've got to be on social media and I've got to be on Instagram I've got to be on Facebook and Pinterest and LinkedIn and all the things all (laughs) the time but it's really interesting how when you do take a step back and have that little bit of space for yourself how you then are able to show up not because you feel you should, but because you actually have something to say. <laughs> there, that is such a great point. Having something, you know, that when you show up, you actually have something to say is such a powerful point, actually, Michelle, because it's this just showing up for the sake of showing up, of showing your face, um, just to show your face, to say, hey, I'm still here at the party. But if you don't have anything to say, uh, it's it's sucking energy. It's mm. just sucking the energy out of you. And I think that that's also where I got to with my blogging was feeling that I was exhausted from it and depleted and thinking, I don't have anything to say, but I'm showing up to write so that there is constant content on here. Whereas it wasn't following my heart and my passion anymore. Mm. And And I think that the other thing that we want to do more of um this is a bit of a segue in our businesses as well as in our lives and i and i also feed this through in our in my yoga classes when i say hey you know let's let's do this we're going to do some little jumps here we're going to try this arm balance and i go okay hold on are you leading with fear or with intention and with everything that you do in your business, in my business, am I, am I putting this out with fear or with intention? Because the universe knows the difference. I know the difference. And I move differently and I operate differently when I operate from a place of fear or a place of lack versus a place of intention or a place of abundance. Um, You know, when you try something out and you think, well, we're going to see how this goes. I'm going to put it out there. We're going to see how it goes to, oh, maybe I'll kind of give this a bit of a go. And what what do you guys think? It's not that great. But what do you think? You know, if you were to present a new product for your business, go, guys, I've got this thing. It's not that it's not really that great. But what do you think? It's going to be like, well, then it's crap. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and it's, it's something that. And then when we lead with intention, the results are very different. We, when we, I was saying this morning in a class, it's like when, when Lewis Hamilton goes into a, into a crazy bend at whatever, 160 miles an hour, and he sees a corner coming up, if he hesitates and goes, I'm not so sure about this, then it's not going to end well. 
(laughs) (laughs) Whereas if he goes into that curve with intention and power behind him, that that's why he is where he is because he leads with intention. Mm. All the people that we admire, that we look at, it's not that fear doesn't exist. Of course it exists. And of course you question yourself and there's self-doubt and I'm not sure. But when you go, you know what? Thank you, fear, for talking to me. Um, and and, I, and I, I'll be totally honest. I, t- I got this from um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book. You know, she wrote E Pray, Love, and then she wrote Big Magic. Mm. And she says, you know, that fear gets to come along for the ride. If we're going on a road trip, fear, fear is coming along for the ride because it's part of us. But it does not get to read the map and decide the route. It certainly does not get behind the wheel. It doesn't even get to choose the radio station and the, or the playlist. It gets to come, say its piece, and then you're like, okay, be quiet. Now I'm going to move forward with intention because that's how I want my life to be. And when I'm stepping off the pavement across the road, I'm stepping with intention. If I am folding forward in a forward fold, I'm doing it with intention and awareness of my body. If I'm kicking up into a handstand, it's the same intention. And I feel it in my body if I'm kicking with fear. If I'm leading with fear instead of intention, I know it's not going to work. And of course it doesn't work. And you come back down with a thud and you try again. Mm. (laughs) And so, so interesting the parallels I'm actually going to title this episode lead with intention I think because it really sums up yeah so much of what we've been discussing today and um there's so much going on for you in your business right now I know there's loads of exciting stuff um that you're doing and I love having been in your classes myself I love the playfulness and the fun and the creativity and how you hold space for people is very very special tell us a bit about what you've got coming up this year because I know you were talking about prepare to unfurl what are you Mm -hmm. excited about uh in your business right now oh gosh well prepare to unfurl was the program that I had been thinking about for over a year, about a year and a half, two years, and I didn't, I, and, and I led with fear. I wouldn't put it out because I was so fearful. And then I re-looked at it and I continued to think about it. I thought, you know what? It's still here. This idea is still here and this concept is still here. And it means a lot to me. It's part of my heart. It's part of my passion for encouraging people to, unfurl and become and see their potential and be the best person they possibly can be um, through intention setting through manifestation and through their yoga practice and Mm -hmm. so I put together this program and we just finished the first program uh, three weeks and the feedback already is gosh it's incredible Uh, you know we were a group of it happened to be all women a group of women and you know it could have easily been mixed but it was just people talking about their intentions. And then we looked at how to, what is an intention and how do we set that? And how do we find that? So that was a, you know, we discussed that. We had guided meditations that were on the theme of each week. And the program is themed along the life cycle of a plant, a seed, 
Um, so there's the process of clearing the ground and fertilizing it and then planting your seed and then allowing it to activate you know, it's to, to draw the nutrients from the sky and from the soil and to grow into your full potential. Um, and then we embedded all of that with a short yoga practice at the end of each session. So it was absolutely beautiful and so powerful. I, I literally had people coming back to the session after the following, the, after the, the second week and going, so after my 90 minute session of unfair last week, I went into my work the next Monday on Monday morning and I told them, this is what I'm going to do because I'm ready to unfurl. And somebody else went back to their parents and said, right, I've decided this and this is what I'm going to do and made concrete steps to change their lives. So it was just extraordinary that something like this could be life-changing. So it is definitely going to happen again this year. I'm going to rerun Prepare to Unfurl. Um, I'm also creating an, um, an e-course, which is called Level Up Your Yoga. Um, I'm super excited about that. And this is where basically it's a program for people who have started yoga, have done a little bit of yoga, and they're now thinking, okay, I want to go deeper. I want to maybe learn what is yoga about, a little, little bit about the philosophy. I want to get to, to um, explore some more poses, maybe. So it's going to be like having your own toolkit of workshops and you're going to learn and have drills to prepare your body to be able to access these postures and create a foundation from which to grow. And so there'll be um, a course section on backbends, a course section on hip openers and hamstrings leading to big poses eventually, like you know things that people maybe don't imagine they can do how they can access something like the splits, how they can access a full wheel, how they can access um, an arm balance and, and how they can expand on it and grow from it and develop it. So that they really discover that you can, you can really learn and turn into and you know, deepen your, low, your yoga practice and level it up essentially. Um, so that's going to be launching um, I think it's going to be in April or May. There's, yeah, there's lots going on and all of it is on my website um, on yogawithzaz.com where also in addition, I'm offering when, when you sign up to the mailing list, you get um, two free yoga pose tutorials um, that I've created specifically for people joining. And then on the emails that go out, I share all sorts of great content, whether that's music, because some people come to my classes to enjoy the music. Um, I have information about the classes there's five classes a week with these fun and playful sequences to challenge you and to give you space for self-love and acceptance and also some drills in the newsletter there are drills and links to youtube videos that i offer so there's a lot of stuff happening and i'm super excited about it Gosh, that sounds amazing. I'm loving the sound of that. Really, really cool. So guys, I will put all of these links in the show notes. Don't worry if you are, uh, I don't know, on the treadmill, in the car, cooking, listening to this while you're doing something else, which I know a lot of you do. Don't worry. As always, the show notes are there for you at michellereevescoaching.com forward slash listen, where you'll also find all the other episodes from this series and the previous series as well. Daz, oh my goodness, such a pleasure having you on the show. Can we just finish up with one thing? I would love to know if someone's listening to this show today and they're totally inspired by your journey and frankly, why wouldn't they be? 
But what's one piece of advice that you'd give them to get started if they're thinking about taking the jump and starting their their own business? You just have to jump off the cliff. (laughs) You have to jump off the cliff. You have to go for it because what is the worst that could happen? If you go for it and try to make it happen, believing that if you jump off that cliff, and I fully believe that if I jump, the universe is going to catch me. I just know in my heart, I am not going to end up in a ditch somewhere or or in a sleeping bag at the side of the road. I know this in my heart that I will do whatever I need to do. I will work so hard to make my dreams happen, but I want to give it a shot because the biggest thing is you don't want to live your life with regret. You don't want to go, if only I'd done X, Y, Z. And I know it's scary and do it as a side hustle and then grow it, but do it. Just, just do it. Commit yourself to saying, I'm going to try and do this thing. If, if I want to, I don't know, if I want to do a cake baking business, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just do it. Why not? Why would I not do it? I know sometimes people are like, oh, I haven't gotten around to doing my website and doing my thing. And I feel like I can't do it because of this thing. Hey, it'll take you five minutes to set something up. It may not look perfect. It may not be incredible, but you can come back to it and tweak it forever. But just do it. Just take the jump and lead with intention. Don't let fear hold you back so that in 50 or 60 years, you're like, oh, I wish if only I'd done X, Y, Z. Just take your life in your hands. So, so powerful, you know, not living a life of regret. I love that. And and it's, you know, it, it's so true. Life is so short. And I think right now, for so many people, you know, that is, that is true. You know, we're really uh, seeing so much um, at the moment, so much difficulty, so many struggles, so many challenges that people, you know, are having across the world. And, and doesn't it really bring home how, how short life is and how we need to really make the most of it and grab our dreams and our goals while we can. So I totally love that. Daz, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. I've loved chatting with you. My goodness, we could talk for hours and hours and, and we often do. <laughs> so it's been my absolute pleasure. Um, guys, as, as I said, I will put all the links in the show notes and please do go check out Zaz on um, Instagram. Her Instagram account is incredible. Her stories inspire me every single day. So please do go and check that out too. Uh, Zaz, I will chat to you really, really soon, but it has been great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michelle. You always, always inspire me and completely light me up after our chat. So it's so fantastic to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So there you have it, my interview with Zaz from Yoga with Zaz. So many powerful lessons about failure and growth, the pressure to be perfect, celebrating our wins, self-care and the importance of putting away our ego to truly open up to what you need. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. 
And hey, if you did enjoy this episode, would you do me a favor? Would you head over to iTunes and leave a comment and review for the show? It really does mean that more amazing women will be able to find us. Now, before I go, I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered what it might be like to have a podcast just like this one to promote your business? If you have, you might have also put it off because you're just not sure how to get started. If so, then the free trial of my online program, Practical Podcasting for Beginners, is for you. In fact, one of my students launched into the top 100 on iTunes in her niche. There are step-by-step videos in the program covering all aspects of creating and launching your podcast, plus access to me for help and support when you need it, even if technology is not your best friend. What could a podcast do for your business? Find out more and start your free trial with no credit card required at michellereevescoaching.com forward slash podcast free. Okay, that's it from me today, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know how valuable your time is and I really appreciate you taking the time to join me. I'd love for us to continue the conversation in the Ideal Life Club Facebook group, our community on Facebook for ambitious women who want to grow themselves as well as their business. Find out more and join us by heading over to michellereevescoaching.com forward slash Ideal Life Club. In the meantime, until next time, be positive, be powerful, be productive and keep fast tracking your ideal business and life. Bye for now.